Everybody, thank you for listening to the Pentecostals of Louisville podcast today. This is taken from our most recent service. If you find it to be a blessing, would you share it with somebody that you know would be blessed by it as well? You can find us on Facebook if you simply type in the Pentecostals of Louisville and on Instagram if you type in the same. Our service times are Sunday at 11 o'clock and Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And if you've never joined us in person for service before, we'd love to see you there. God bless you. the Lord today. Anybody happy about it? Yeah! Woo! Put your hands together with us. You're praising the Lord right now with a hand clap. Feels good, don't it? That's your God-given instrument you're using right now to praise Him. Sounded good. Come on, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Get your Bibles, if you would, this morning. Amen. Acts chapter 28, verse number 1. Amen. Thank you, praise team. As you notice, several are out today, but I thought they did a fantastic job. Amen. I want to say, personally, personal thank you um, to... Brother Craner in Bowling Green that loaned us his daughter and son-in-law to play drums for us today. I appreciate that so much. They had a special service today, but he allowed them to come. And uh, we have some people on vacation, and you know that vacation. I just wish we could all take it at one time and get it over with, right? So, but that's not the way it works. But uh, I appreciate Brother Craner loaning them to us this morning, and it's good. Good to have the Austins with us today. In-laws today. I know they came just because to see me. That grandbaby and that daughter had nothing to do with it, I promise. 
Now, y'all may not believe this, but they sent us a video this week, and uh, she was sitting on the ground with a little piano. A little, it was a wood, a little wood piano. It looked like keys, and she was hammering, hitting those keys. And I, well, yeah, baby, yes, you were. You were hammering those keys. Jesus. Oh, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> Jesus, yay, yeah, yeah, it's never too early to train them, Jesus, boys are bad, boys are bad, Jesus is good, but anyway, um, I won't be the only one telling her that, but, and she was hitting that, and I don't know how at that age, they know they're supposed to be singing, <laughs> I cannot look at her over there clapping towards me. <laughs> put the pulpit back towards the wall and uh, she was hitting that little piano and it sounded like she said Jesus to me I got the gift of interpretation and uh, she um, she was hitting those keys see sounded just like Jesus and brother Emerson it's amazing the gift of music at that age they just she's seen she well she's seen uh, her her, I don't know, I don't want to say grandma, that sounds so, I don't know, Gigi, she saw her Gigi playing, and she looks up here, and she just knows, hit keyboard, say Jesus, yeah, yeah, quit looking at me, I know, and uh, it was an amazing thing, made my week seeing that, seeing that video, and so, appreciate them sending it to us, Acts chapter 28, let's get focused here, amen, the Lord wants to encourage somebody here today, amen. Acts chapter 28 and verse number 1. And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, which meant they were kind to us. They went out of their way. They were hospitable. For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat, and it fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer. Oh, that's a quick judgment. Whom, though he had escaped the sea and the mighty winds and the rain of the Eurachlodon, Yet vengeance suffereth not to live. In other words, karma got him. He must be a murderer. He survived the sea, but, but the law of the harvest got him. And then Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Something was happening in his life and everybody thought they knew the outcome. But it didn't play out like everybody thought it was going to play out. He just shook it off. And had no harm. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm, he was, he was beating their expectations. And they saw no harm come to him. Well, they changed their minds and said, well, he must be a god. One minute, the crowd said, he's getting what he's deserved. He must have been a bad person. And a minute later, they're saying, ooh, he must be a God. Amen. That's why you should never let your self-worth rise and fall on what the crowd thinks. Amen. 
It's about what Jesus thinks about us. When they saw nothing happen to him, they changed their minds and said that, well, he must be a God. They thought he was going to fall, but instead he shook it off and God had him. Micah 7 and 8, you can turn there if you want. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Micah 7 and 8, very familiar portion of Scripture. Rejoice, not against me, O my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. It's not if I fall. He didn't say if I fall. He said when I fall, I shall arise. Amen. We're being perfected. We'll never be perfect. We'll be as perfect as we can be. But we'll never be perfect. God is perfecting us. As a child of God, there will be moments in my life. The Holy Ghost gives me power to live above sin. It gives me a power to take control of my life through Christ's help. But occasionally, my flesh is going to get the best of me. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall. The enemy said that when I fall, I'm going to fall. But don't get too happy about it. For I shall arise. Just as I know, I am assured that I'm going to fall. I'm telling you, you don't rejoice over it because through Christ, I've got the power to get back up. For when I fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. The NIV reads Micah 7 and 8 like this. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will arise. Don't gloat. You better pick your words wisely. You better not make fun of me because this is just a snapshot. This is just a moment in my life. Things are going to get better. I'm going to get up again. Listen to what the message says, Micah 7 and 8. Don't my enemy crow over me. You better not get happy when you see something bad happen in my life. I know some people that like that. Those aren't Jesus people. Don't my enemy crow over me. I'm down, but I'm not out. And I want to preach to you, down, but not out. I'm down, but I'm not out. Amen. Let's lift our hands right now and ask the Lord to have his way in the remainder of this service. Lord, your grace is here to pick us up. Your mercy is here to pick us up, Lord. We need your presence moving in this place. In Jesus' name. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not going to preach long today, so I need you to preach with me. Amen. God bless. You can be seated. Don't my enemy crow over me. I am down, but I am not. I'm not out. There is one truth that is evident among most of us here today, and that is when we take a short trip down memory lane, and when we look back over our lives, it doesn't take us very long to begin to realize that God has been good to us. When we see how far God has brought us and what he has brought us 
through and what he's brought us over, it's only for the grace and the mercy of God that we're here today. We realize it's only by his goodness and by his divine sovereignty that we're sitting in the house of God today. It is without a doubt a miracle that many of us have made it this far. You were recovered out of the clutches of Satan. And with God's help, you overcame the odds. What took others out, you hung in there. What caused others to lose their faith, somehow you found enough passion and enough spiritual hunger that you stayed in the fight, you stayed in the game, and you might have been down, but you were not out. Walk with God today. God is doing great things through your life. And uh, um, it, it seems like it's the norm to have God's blessing in your life. But there were at strategic moments in your life that that was not the case. But God brought you through it. When you consider where you've been. And when you consider what you've done. You are an outlier. Because there have been people that have gone through less and are not here today. You are an outlier because there are people who have uh, um, been through valleys that have not been as dark as yours. But there was something in you. There was something in you that would not lay down and just take the punches. But uh, you got back up with God's help. And you're here today with lifted hands. You're here today with hallelujahs ringing out of your mouth. You shouldn't be here today. But you are here today shouting with the redeemed. You were down, but you got back up. You were pushed down, and you were held down, and you were knocked down, and you were talked down. But with the Lord's help, you got back in the fight. Tell somebody close to you this morning, I don't know where I'd be if it wasn't for the Lord. Come on, tell them like you really mean it. Need a little bit more monitor. Tell, I mean really tell them, I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for the Lord. Compromise and addictions and sin and the lust of the things of this world and many other circumstances have taken the spiritual eyes of those who we've been acquainted with through the years. We have friends who have fallen and have not yet recovered from their sin or their wayward path. They haven't made their way back to God yet, but here we are today in this assembly and it's only for the grace of God. It's a, there's a reason why my hands go up so fast. There's a reason why I put on my dancing shoes when I come to the house of the Lord. Because I got friends that did it better than me, but they're not here anymore. And I know it's only for the grace of God. 
It is a miracle, not only in the spiritual, but in the physical also. Because many of you wouldn't be in this sanctuary if it wasn't for the Lord. So before you take a moment and, 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 and write that letter of pity and say, this is the wrong and this is my path and this is everything that I've been through, you need to remember it may have been all the wrong. You might be able to write down everywhere you've been and everything that's been done to you but don't you forget that God he's the author and the finisher of your faith and you haven't been written out of the story your story is not done there are other people's story that it doesn't read like yours for whatever the reason was they're no longer here but you are you can write and say whatever you want to me about me but I'm still here I'm still living for God I'm still in the spiritual fight if it wasn't for the Lord I would not be here Anytime the enemy wants to throw up your past and wants to make you take a trip down memory lane, remind you of all of your missteps and try to hang it over your head, you need to remind him, I may have been the man at one time that did that. I may have been the person at one time that stumbled along the way, but I'm here today. I was down, but I wasn't out. I had just enough hunger, just enough passion in me to stay in the game and I cried this poor man cried unto the Lord and he heard my cry and he delivered me from all of my fears I know I shouldn't be here I know I don't deserve it but by the grace and the mercy of God I'm still here sometimes you got to remind yourself of where have you been and I said it a few weeks ago, quit judging yourself uh, by how far you have to go and celebrate how far you've come. And the quickest way is to get over your past is to put it under the blood of Jesus because the devil can't hold it over your head if you'll put it under the blood of Jesus. He can't torment you with it. He can't agonize you with it if you will repent over it. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you wouldn't have made it through that car wreck. Can I get an amen? Brother Devin, where, where are you? Brother Devin in here. It's a miracle that that young man is right here. I know that God has some great things for that young man's life. It is a miracle that he is standing and worshiping. He may have a few scars. He may be a little worse for the wear. Let me tell you what. There he is. There he is. Still loving God. God's using him. Ministry is buddy. He's only here by the grace of the Lord. He's only here by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. You know, if it wasn't for the Lord, you could be spending the rest of your days behind bars. You would have been the one, the family member, that died of a drug overdose. If it wasn't for the Lord, your marriage would be broken. Your hopes and dreams would be shattered. If it wasn't for the Lord, you wouldn't have made it through that heartbreak. If it wasn't for the grace and the mercy of 
and the delivering power of God, you wouldn't be in this number today. Some of you know I'm telling you the truth. I don't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. But I had just enough desire inside of me to call on the name of the Lord. And he heard my cry. And he helped me get back up. He helped me get back up. You don't know why we worship the way we do? Why we can't let a service go by without saying, thank you, Jesus. It's because we've taken the time to consider where we were and where we are now. And it's because we know we would not be here without the Lord by my side. And when I think of his goodness and all that he's done for me, When I think of how he set me free, the song says, it makes me want to dance. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to run. I'm not here on my own. God, help me get back up. He helped me get back up. I was down, but I was not out. I'll tell you why we're worshiping. Because we didn't always have it together. And we still barely have our ducks in a row. We weren't always standing on the right side of the line. The right side of the judgment. And on the right side of the word of the Lord. We've experienced the grace of God and it's removed the strut. When I think of God's grace, it reminds me of who I am and what I've brought to the table. Absolutely nothing. I'm only here because of the grace of God. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve any of it. That's why we don't let a service go by without taking an opportunity to worship Him because we know where we would be without Him. There is just simply no other explanation because that addiction should have taken you out. Other family members didn't make it, but you made it. You made it. Don't discount that. You made it. With God's help, you made it. You're rewriting your family tree because with God's help, God's sovereignty trumps human heredity and your family tree is going to read different because you made it. That sin should have enslaved you. That broken heart should have destroyed you. That bad decision should have done you in. There's several things that should have taken you out. But it's only for the grace and the mercy of the Lord. I was down but with the Lord's help I got back up. Oh somebody ought to praise him today. It said in the message, don't gloat over me. Don't crow over me. For when I fall, I shall arise. I was down, but not out. It don't take very long to take a trip down memory lane. And to get joy over what God has done in your life. It's a recognition. It's an appreciation of God's hand moving in your life. I'm thankful for what God brought me through and everybody knows what God brought me through. And I'm thankful for what God God brought me through that nobody knows about. 
Because we've all been through a lot more things that nobody knows about. And it's easy to say, thank you God in worship about the things that everybody knows about. But there are some things in my life uh, that God got me through that nobody knows about. Uh, and it's those things when I think about the goodness of the Lord. He could have pulled the rug out from underneath me. He could have shattered my glass house. Uh, he could have exposed it. Uh, but by his grace and his mercy... I'm still here. And if I'm still here, it's for a reason. It's for a reason. In our scripture text, Paul and the rest of the prisoners are starting their journey. You can be seated. But unfortunately, the guards and the captain of the ship were ignored his wise counsel when Paul said, we should not sail. It's not a good time to head into the seas. He tried to warn them of the impending danger, but they did not heed his call. History often has to repeat itself in our life because we rarely get it the first time. How many can testify in here today how we could have saved ourselves a lot of grief and pain had we just listened to those who tried to instruct us. You know, wisdom, is, wisdom can be found a couple of different ways. Wisdom can be found, there's wisdom from the Lord. Every man is given a measure of common sense, a measure of wisdom. I don't know. The longer I live, I don't know about that. But anyway, everybody's given a certain measure of wisdom. And then there is wisdom that is acquired through making decisions and choices of your own and seeing the good and bad, learning from your own mistakes is a wisdom that God gives us. And then there's the wisdom that can be imparted. That's from somebody that's been there and done that, and they look at you and say, I see where you're headed. I've walked that same path. Take it from me. You don't have to do that. Let me tell you what, I would rather take imparted wisdom and somebody that's already stepped in the hole tell me how to get around the hole than for me to have to gain my wisdom on myself by constantly failing over and over and over again. History repeats itself because we barely or rarely get it the first time. Listen to Paul, Acts 27, 11. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, tried to tell them not to sail at the time. But they didn't listen. They sailed directly into the storm. In Acts 27, as the storm hits, they feared for their lives. They didn't think they were going to make it. So they looked at the storm and they looked at their things. And they began to lighten the ship. They knew the ship was in trouble. They, they, they knew they had messed up and got into the wrong storm. So they started light, lightening the ship. If it was non-essential, it got thrown overboard. If it was non-essential, if it wasn't bolted down, it was getting thrown into the sea. They, they were fighting for their lives. It had got to that moment where it was panic. It was do or die. We've got to make this ship as light as possible or we're not going to survive the storm. Let me pause, pause here for a moment and say, isn't it amazing that when our spiritual life is on the line, how many things become quickly non-essential? Things they thought that they couldn't make the, joy, the, the, the voyage without, all of a sudden they begin to throw things overboard. There's nothing like a bad storm to help realign our priorities. 
You find out really quick what you need and what is considered to be unnecessary package. The word of God says what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? There, there, there's nothing that you can trade or barter for. You can, you can trade for a car and you can trade a car in and you might get close to the appraised value. But when it comes to your soul, there's nothing the enemy can give you in exchange that can come close in comparison to what your soul is worth. What would it profit a man to get everything this world could offer but yet lose his soul? It wouldn't profit anything but sometimes it takes a storm to come in our life to let us know what we can live with and what we can live without. Some have come to me and said, Pastor, Pastor Griffiths, I don't know why this situation is happening to me. This situation just popped out of nowhere. It wasn't on my horizon, but all of a sudden, I'm going through this storm. And a lot of times, I'll tell them, this is God giving you a chance to get your priorities straight. Because when the storm hits, you start making evaluations of what's important and what's not important. What's going to carry weight in eternity's picture and what, what is not. What is going to be eternal and what is temporal. I tell them, this is God. He's brought a storm in your life for you to check your priorities. Maybe there is some baggage, some voices, some hindrances. Maybe there are some habits in your life and God has given you the opportunity to throw them overboard if you find yourself being caught in a storm of life today God is just trying to get you to realign your priorities he's trying to get you to understand what I can make this journey with and what I can make this journey without while Jonah was running from God, he became well acquainted with the principle of throwing things overboard to save the vessel. Those fishermen started throwing uh, those uh, uh, fishing tackle and started throwing cargo over overboard, over into the sea uh, until Jonah said, I know what the problem is. I know what is on board. And if you'll throw this overboard you'll be fine. In other words, you have something on board that shouldn't be on board. And if you'll get rid of it, you're going to make it. But if you don't use this storm as an opportunity to get rid of it, the ship is going down. See, Jonah knew what was putting the vessel in peril. He knew what was hindering their progress. And can I be blunt with you today? And you know what's hindering your vessel today. You know, because when the word begins to be spoken and the spirit of conviction begins to move in our life it makes clear what is hindering us and what is slowing us down in our lives you are being dragged down today by unnecessary baggage by habits and sin and, and, and going to the wrong places and partaking of the wrong things you're being dragged down but with God's help you can get back up but you gotta be willing to throw some things overboard you're here today and it seems the storm has been unleashed in your life today would be a good day to take inventory of your life and let God help you eliminate the weights and the cargo that's been dragging you down all it takes is a few moments in the presence of God and you'll be saying I don't need this 
I don't need this relationship. I don't need this habit. These things are only hurting me. I don't need this sin in my life. It's just, it's just filling me with condemnation. And, 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 and it, it's causing me, because whenever, whenever you do something that doesn't line up with God's word, there's always a give-take relationship. Something's always being taken. You're always having to give something up in order for something to come in your life. But all it takes is a few moments in the presence of God, and God will begin to define in your life, these are the things that are hurting me. These are the things that are going to keep me from making heaven my home. Lord, if I let this go, if I take it to the Lord, I've got to make heaven, I've got to make heaven my home. I've got to make heaven my home. So every once in a while, I've got to stop and take priority. What is slowing my vessel down? What is causing me to take on water? Because I've got to take, I've got to make heaven my home. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Someone that understands that I've been down, but I'm not out. You'll hear them say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. If I have nothing but Jesus, I've got everything. But if I don't have Jesus and have everything, I have absolutely nothing. Quit looking at the temporal and start looking at the eternal. It's time to throw some things overboard. Take this whole world. Take this whole world, but give me, give me Jesus. The ship was destroyed and some were able to swim to shore. The Bible says that some had to make it on boards. And some made it on broken pieces of the ship. But they made it. Some swam to shore, but others had to use a broken piece of the ship. They didn't look pretty doing it, but they made it to shore. I hate to break it to some, but living for God is not always about looking pretty. You've seen me dance? <laughs> living for God and, make heaven and making heaven your home. Living for God is not always about looking pretty or doing it with style. It's about doing whatever it, whatever I have to do to make sure that me and my family is going to be saved. You don't get bonus points for style. But living for God and making sure that you and yours are going to make heaven your home. It's about the passion. It's about the hunger and the desire that overtakes your life. And that pushes you and propels you. That this is the most important thing in my life. They made it on broken pieces of the ship. The people that swam to shore, they weren't any more saved than the people that hung on. And didn't let go of the broken piece of the ship. You need to make up your mind. I might not make it to heaven running through the pearly gates. But if I've got to go through on a broken piece, I'll do whatever i got to do to be saved. I determined a long time ago, it may not look cool to crawl to this altar and repent of my sins. But if that's what I need to do, I'm going to make it on a broken piece of the ship. I made my mind up a long time ago. If my dance of deliverance is not dignified, I don't care. I got to do it to be saved. I made my mind up a long time ago. If my dance and shout looks outdated or unnecessary to others, I don't care. I'm trying to make heaven my home. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to get the shackles. The shackles off my praise. The shackles off my worship. 
We're not playing in life. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I may not look pretty, but one day I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. The enemy sees you come to church, problems and all. He watches you stagger into the house of God. He watches you barely make it. You had enough problems, nobody would have blamed you if you didn't come. But he watches you stagger into the house of God under the load of life and he whispers in your ear, why are you even trying? It's not going to get any better. You're pathetic. Just throw in the towel. You can't live for God. Just give up on God. But Sunday, some of you need to tell the devil today, I've got news for you. I may not look good doing it, but I'm going to live for God. Everybody else may be walking, and I may be on a broken piece of the ship, but I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. My prayers may have more tears than words, but I'm going to make heaven my home. Yes, I might be struggling to get to the house of the Lord. When I get here, I may be a little disheveled. And I may be just a little bit confused. But guess what? I'm here. I've got my hand up and my mouth opened. I'm going to make heaven my home. My praise may look more desperate than dignified. But all I got is a broken piece of ship. And the Bible says that's all I need. I'm going to make it. I may come to this altar and others may whisper where have they been and what have they done. But it don't matter. I'm going to make it on a broken piece of the ship. If I've got to crawl, if I've got to fight, I'm going to make it. Would you stand today? There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you think I'm worried about looking cool? Let me say that again. There is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And you think I'm worried about what you think about me when I come to the altar? I could care less. I don't think they hurt me, brother. I, could, I got over what other people thought about my walk with God a long time ago. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what devils I've been fighting. When I come to this altar, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about my eternity. I'm not worried about looking cool. I'm trying to make heaven my home. I'm in the fight of my life. Try to put your shackles on me. I'll kick, I'll scream, I'll bite, I'll pull hair, I'll gouge the devil in the eye. I might be down, but I'm not out. Rejoice not against me, O oh my enemies. For when I fall, I shall arise. And that's exactly what you do when you come in this place. And despite all of your problems and all of the situations in life, you put on your dancing shoes. You throw your hands in the air.
and you come to this altar and begin to pour your heart out to the Lord you're telling the devil I'm not a pushover greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world you're telling the devil I'm not a lay down I'm not just going to take it one of the worst ways to lose a basketball game or a football game is that when you've done all the work you've put in all the time and all the practice that you don't show up to the game. Come on. Yes. Yes. And you lose by forfeit. You might have been better than the other team, but you lost by forfeit. You might have been stronger. You might have been faster. You might have been better coached, but you didn't show up to you lost out of forfeit. Yes. You know what happens when you crawl into the house of the Lord? You're telling the enemy. You're telling Satan. You know what? I may not look good, but I'm not going to lose by forfeit. I'm going to come to the house of God swinging with everything that I've got. I won't lose by forfeit. I wish somebody would get a little fight in you today because you're still here. You're still here. I don't care what condition you're in today. You're still here. You can still feel the presence of God. You can still feel the convicting presence of God. You're still here. I wish you'd get a little fight in you and say, devil, when the dust settles, you're going to see I was down, but I got back up. I'm going to make it. I may be broken, but I'm getting back up. I may be wounded, but I'm still standing. I may be bleeding, but I'm getting back up. I may be crying, but I'm still standing. I may be hurting. I may be confused. I may be cast down, but I'm getting back up. Today is going to be a day of destiny for someone because you were down, but you were not out. Let this day be known as the day that you got back up. Rejoice. Rejoice not against me, O enemy. Let history go down and say, this is the day that I got back up. Would you lift your hands? I open this altar right now for those that don't care what anybody else thinks. Open this altar for those that want to make heaven their home. But you've got to know.
you're still here. You're going to make it.
Those that are praying, you continue to pray. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. Amen. For the rest of you, we'll see you Wednesday. Amen. Please remember Saturday morning at 9. Shouldn't take long, but we have a few more things to get done. I'm going to try to get it done this week, but if I can't, I'll need you on Saturday. God bless you. If you're a guest today, we have our pastor's reception right out the back door. And I'm going to make my way back there. We have a, a gift bag for you. I'd love to get to meet you. If you've brought a guest today, if you'll bring them back there, and uh, we'll make sure they get their, their gift bag. Thank you.